Good evening, dummies. Episode 197. It's been like a month since I've done that. I don't know what the hell's wrong. Let's see if I can do this again. Thursday, July 29th, 640 p.m. Episode 197. Getting close to the 200 mark. We had to do something special. Maybe we'll do that live remote somewhere or something to that effect. Yes, the beard got trimmed. I went into work the other day, and I hadn't seen Brian in a little bit, and he said the worst thing you could say to a middle-aged man with puffy cheeks. He used the word puffy. Listen, just because he's on a health kick, and he looks really, really good, better than he did, which basically he looked like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man who was wet and Swedish. And now he somehow thinks that he's Thor without the hair. And I respect the fact that he looks good and probably better than I do, but you don't need to use the fucking word puffy. Listen, man, you obviously have never went shopping with your wife. The the words you never ever, this is the answer. Does this dress make me look fat? The answer is no, it makes you look thinner than ever. Does my ass look big? Actually, I stare at it every day and it's always the just the right size. I may not be your wife, but I might as well be your work husband, and I would appreciate it if you wouldn't call me Puffy. I'm still holding on to this. 48 hours later that that grenade went off in my head. So I had to trim the beard. Now he'll be like, oh, well, you look like the old Matt. It was just the beard making you look puffy. Your comment makes you look dicky, Mr. Bauer. Folks, what are we doing tonight? Uh, my wife did a great little sign over my oh, wrong shoulder. This shoulder, you see that little don't unfriend me sign back there? That's all cross-stitched. It's really cool. I, I absolutely love it. And I love that we're getting a few things from around the local area and some fans, people sending stuff in, whether it's challenge coins or uh, engravings on wood or uh, my wife making that or Brian giving me something from Valor when I wasn't puffy looking. Told you, folks, I don't let stuff go. I, I hold on to it. If you get into my craw, you're there for life. It, it's like, it's hard. It's like an impenetrable fortress. But once in a while, there's a parapet or uh, a moat or a copse that's open that you can enter this impenetrable forces, fortress. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings when the, the guy carries the, the, looks like the Olympic torch and he's running and, and they have the explosive and it blows up the whole bridge and the whole castle walls and then mayhem ensues. If you get into my head, don't be the orc with a torch, folks. Don't be the orc with the torch. What are we doing tonight? Well, this show is going to be, I, man, I, I'm excited. I've been working on my IMAX at the office and at home. And I kind of just said, Hey, I don't need a laptop. I have missed my laptop. I have missed being able to write type anywhere. I want to go, whether that be my iron throne in my iron fortress or uh, just on the couch. And I used it to write a plethora of goodies for you tonight. So let's get into it. What are we talking about? These aren't the crooks you're looking for a little star Wars reference. Well, Nancy Pelosi had a wonderful little, memo that she put out basically calling for the overlook of senators and state legislatures and anyone any government official from not wearing a mask in the people's house but then ordering people to be arrested who were maskless who weren't state legislatures and senators and government officials it's really interesting and also right before this when i was writing 
I got to watch the Joe Biden news conference where he basically called for restrictions on people's movements and where they can shop based on having a vaccine or not was not against the idea of a vaccine passport or state mandates. It's interesting. Uh, He even openly admitted that a federal mandate would be unconstitutional, doesn't know if the Supreme Court would allow it. Uh, This is some really interesting stuff. I did not see this coming. (laughs) Talk about repurposing my own jokes. Rob from the poor and give to the rich. The child tax credit. Some of you might be excited about this, but I had a chance to talk to a tax lawyer and also look at my own taxes, and I think I'm going to be fine, but I'm going to give you the advice that he gave me, and it might be surprising. You might think, hey, let's gobble up that money while we can. We're never going to see it anyway. Well, that's not true, and it could sting you during tax season. So I'm going to give you a little tax advice, and once again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a CPA. I just slept at a Holiday Inn Express, and you should probably listen to what I have to say. And somehow that all rhymed, and I'm a poet, and I didn't know it. Moving on, bile is forming at the back of my throat. And I realized, as she's a 24-year-old girl, that doesn't sound really good if I start talking about bile forming in the back of my throat. And now, Simone Biles, let's talk about her. I... I meant that I was getting nauseous and sick, but I realize now that that was kind of a double entendre and not the best title. I'm going to move on. I'm going to stick and roll, folks. We're going to move through it together. I'm going to take my hit and get up off the mat. What the hell is wrong with people? Simone Bile, really? She's the person we need to go after? She's the person we need to tear apart and blame for BLM and taking knees and Colin Kaepernick and all the stupidity that this is millennial generation? It's Simone Biles' fault, little four-foot-nothing of her, who literally has done everything possible to help America get the gold that we lust and slake after. What are we, the Russians? What is this, the 1980s? Are we going to start keeping them 16 hours a day and let them have a piece of bread and water so they make weight? Also, make sure we give them seven or eight pots of coffee so they don't grow? Folks, we need to lighten up. I have got a perspective on this, and I'm going against the fray here. I'm going up against somebody who I idolize in Matt Walsh from the Daily Caller. I think Matt Walsh is one of the most brilliant minds since Charles Krauthammer passed away, but I have to say he's dead fucking wrong. And honestly, I wanted to punch him in the face after reading it, and I'm sure he gets that from everybody, but there's a lot of emotion in this. We're going to talk about it tonight. This is going to be a good show. We've got some good stuff. I always say that, but you know when I'm on form. When I'm getting witty and I'm self-deprecating, this is the time to watch, folks. This show is going to be it. I don't look puffy anymore, and I'm ready to rock and roll. Thanks a lot, Brian. I called the local gym asking if they can train my daughter to do gymnastics, and they said, how flexible are you? And I said, I'm free Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. from an undisclosed location always honest always direct so sit back relax don't unfriend me starts right now yeah right now blah 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 blah. i gotta interrupt the show i just saw a picture of my old show when i had a thicker beard he's right i look puffy Brian, I bow down to you. I apologize. I'm I'm sorry. I was absolutely puffy looking.
recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest, always direct. So sit back, relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Welcome, 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 dummies. And what the heck are the dummies? The dummies are the donut and friendlies. That's you. Whether you've watched one, two, three minutes or 197 episodes after tonight, you are officially a dummy and a part of Dun- Dumb Nation. It's not an insult. It's a don't unfriend me. Barstool Sports has their stoolies. We have dummies. They have more of us, but we're drinking milk and we're growing. But we also have another evil, dilapidated, satanic cult known as the Dum Dums. They're a special kind of sucker, a special kind of stupid, too. There's only about eight or nine of them, and really, for 23,000 people following our site, I've only banned seven people. That's not too bad. These are the people who are just here to troll. They're just here to say stupid things and make up their own facts and then go ahead and tell you that you're wrong so they can catch you in something and then report you to Facebook or make your life miserable. Well, they're led by Dusty Dinkelman. He is in the Hall of Fame, and he is the honorary dumb dumb leader. So don't be a dum-dum is basically that message. What else? Well, you can find me on social. I know you're watching somewhere or listening somewhere. It might be on Anchor. It might be on iTunes or iHeart or maybe watching on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram. You can go to all those places. My tags on Instagram and YouTube are at Don't Unfriend Me, at Don't Unfriend Me host on Facebook and Anchor. If you stop on over on Anchor, you can find all the places, whether you listen to Google or Spotify or on iTunes, you can find where my podcasts live. And if that doesn't work for you, you can go to don'tunfriendme.com where they have all of my recordings, my videos, and my blog. Head on over there. Give me a like, follow, and share over here on YouTube in the red envelope or click, excuse me, like or follow on Facebook. A little bit of a hiccup. Had a wonderful New York steak dinner. It's good. Did a good job. All right, guys and girls, let's get into it, dum-dums and dummies, and let's make this happen. Should be a fun one. I have a feeling I'm going to be bucking the tiger. These aren't the crooks you're looking for. U.S. Capitol Police, the USCP, were ordered to arrest visitors and staff who refused to wear a mask on the house side of the Capitol complex, according to a police memo issued by new USCP chief Thomas Manger. That was obtained by a member of Congress. Police were also advised not to arrest members of Congress for failing to wear a mask, but to report the lawmaker's noncompliance to the House Sergeant-at-Arms. The memo says, House members have been subjected to fines starting at $500 for shirt uh, for skirting the mask rules. Representative Kat Kamek, that's an unfortunate name, Republican from Florida, got a copy of the memo distributed at Thursday's morning roll, and from an unnamed police officer, she told Fox News. Police, um, sp- uh, the police she's spoken to are very uncomfortable with this new directive that Kamek describes as tyrannical. This is such an overstep of Speaker Pelosi's authority to basically make our Capitol Police arrest staff members and report on members of Congress, Kamek told Fox News Thursday. It's absolutely unconscionable that this is where we're at. Kamek, like many other GOP reps, are up in arms about the return this week of coronavirus mask mandates at the House, regardless of the vaccination status. The mask rules follow updated Center for Disease Controls and Prevention guidance in the wake of the rise of the contagious COVID Delta variant and lower than expected vaccination rates. 
Of course, we're not talking about the actual survivability of this Delta variant, that it's much more aggressive and leaves just as fast. But we're not going to talk about that because that would be science and facts. And we only like to use those when it says to wear more masks and to keep our kids out of school. GOP members huddled with Capitol uh, attending physician Brian P. Monahan Wednesday at the Capitol to express their frustrations with the new mask guidance and to argue it's not based on science. GOP members have openly revolted against the mask mandates, especially since it's not in place on the Senate side, and contended its political motivation and the mandate from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi of California. Quote, I cannot comply with this tyrannical order, Kamek said. This is the people's house, not Nancy Pelosi's house. Actually, she is the speaker, but that's just a technicality. Anyway, the Capitol Police say this is the same rule that was previously in place, and there's no reason a situation should have to escalate to an arrest. Regarding the House rules about masks, there is no reason it should ever come to someone being arrested, the USCP said in a statement to Fox News. Anyone who does not follow the rules will be asked to wear a mask or leave the premises. The department's requirements for officers to wear masks is for their health and safety. Well, shouldn't they be vaccinated? Well, then they should be safe, right? Isn't that what we've been told? Oh, now there's a super duper hidden variant that whatever. It's like my castle walls, folks. There might be a parapet that has a small crack in it that someone can squeeze through. This is how the Delta variant gets through the vaccine. One of them is extremely made up and so is the other. Pelosi's office said she did not order police to begin arresting people because it's not within her power. Wait, what? The Speaker of the House does not control the U.S. Capitol Police. Pelosi spokesperson Drew Hamill told Fox News, we were unaware of the memo until it was reported in the press. Actually, that's not true. The minority and majority leader both actually have 100% not control, but can request the Capitol Police to increase the amount of officers available. They control their funding. They have a lot of control over the Capitol Police. And in fact, both have blamed the other of why their response during January 6th wasn't more astute or that it actually was. It's interesting that they would immediately now say that they have no control. Still, GOP leadership was quick to pounce on the police's involvement with mask enforcement. Minority leader Kevin McCarthy from California Thursday pointed out the police are only permitted to arrest people on the House side of the complex, not the Senate side, because leadership in the upper chamber hasn't brought back the mask mandates. Quote, if you are a Capitol Police officer, you got orders. If a vaccinated staffer comes across in the House side without a mask, you're ordered to arrest them. But not on the Senate side, McCarthy said. This is not the America we know. Actually, it is. It's a completely quagmire, like most communication coming out of Washington, D.C. Here's the thing. Do we really think that any of these officers are going to say boo after they were literally just lynched verbally and in the black and white on media because of the January 6th supposed stand down that took place? I think if you tell them to shoot people on site, they would probably consider it the way that they have been treated. Maybe we should be careful with what we say, because when you ask them to do things literally and by the book, they're probably going to do it literally and by the book. Police officers just kind of do that sort of thing. GOP Steve Scalise claimed the police enforcement came directly from Pelosi, which the Speaker office denies. To be clear, Pelosi is directing police to arrest vaccinated people who aren't wearing masks, Scalise tweeted. This isn't about science. It's about power and control. The two-page guidance dated Wednesday was issued by the new police chief, Manger, who took 
over on Friday to lead the Capitol Police Force, which is still reeling from the January 6th riot and Good Friday attack at the Capitol. Reeling? Really? They're reeling? What is it? The door that had the broken glass where that lady was shot? It hasn't been replaced yet? Come on. Reeling? Lord. It's almost been a year. Can we move on? I mean, for God's sakes, they almost burned the White House down completely before. It was rebuilt in faster time than this. Hell, the Pentagon scars on the side of the building from the 9-11 attacks were already fixed after this. Can we stop saying reeling and we had to recover? We will recover with a picture of the people's house. Some fire extinguishers, some let off, some things were damaged. And yes, an idiot was shot who tried to break into the Capitol. But reeling? Come on. Supposedly words matter. The memo advises that officers must wear masks at all times while indoors. It says the police who work on the House side of the Capitol shall enforce this mask policy on all staff and visitors in House office buildings, the hall of the House, and the House committee meetings. If a visitor or staff member fails to wear a mask, they will not be allowed entry. Any person who fails to either comply or to leave the premises after being asked to do so would be subject to an arrest for unlawful entry or sent to the nearest concentration camp if they don't have the proper papers. That last line I made up. But police are advised not to arrest members of Congress directly since the Constitution says lawmakers are privileged from some arrests, such as unlawful entry, according to the USCP. That beats the hell out of me. You're trying to tell me that the laws of the land, whether it be state, local, or federal, that senators are immune that they have some sort of diplomatic immunity this is incredible i had no idea let's talk about that in a minute although this applies to the members of congress officers should not arrest any member for failure to wear a mask this is a quote or to comply with a mask mandate the guidance states any member who fails to comply with a request to wear a mask should be reported to the house sergeant at arms or office a Democratic House aide told Fox News that the guidance for police officers on mask arrests is not unique, but rather it's the same language that police used last year when the original mask mandate took effect. I looked it up. This is actually true. The aide produced a USCP memo from July 31st, 2020 that said if a visitor or staff member fails to abide by mask rules, the person would be subject to an arrest for unlawful entry. However, the guidance does not fucking say that it's not to arrest public officials, and that's the problem. The barefaced lawmakers who make these claims should be reported to the House Sergeant-at-Arms office now is the additional language that's different. There's nothing new here other than coordinated Twitter campaign attacks, the Fox News aides, or the aide to the, uh, told Fox News on Thursday. The problem is, is that the original document said nothing about lawmakers. Again, I will reiterate that. And that is the big change. Once again, half-truth. Snopes and PolitiFact are probably going to check this and say that it's mostly false. Proposed Constitutional Amendment number 28. Wait a second. There is no such thing. What the hell is the 28th Amendment? I'm instituting one, and here it is. It's pretty simple. Members of Congress shall receive no exemption from compliance with any law, regulation, rule, code, or ordinance that otherwise applies to the citizens of these United States, nor shall they receive any entitlement or benefit to an extent exceeding that for which any government employee is eligible in accordance with applicable federal law or regulation. The reason why I want the 28th Amendment is so we can hold these sons of bitches accountable. Because you don't get away to taking secret servers into your freaking basement and taking crypto machines into your basement and taking compartmentalized software like Hillary Clinton, deleting your emails and getting away with it scot-free. 
You don't get away with things like this anymore, and you shouldn't. The check bouncing scandal, the Iran Contra hearings, the fast and furious gun running, money to Iran with pallets full of cash. I don't care who's in office. I don't care which party. It's bullshit and it needs to stop. The 28th Amendment needs to hold them to the same laws because if any of us did that, we would be in jail lickety split. But with the language coming out of the White House, it's hard to ignore the broad sweeping overreach of power. Joe Biden, as recently as two hours ago, encouraged states to make vaccines a mandate. And for local business to force people to either get a vaccine or shop elsewhere if they refuse to take a rapid test before entering. Who's going to pay for that? More importantly, why? Again, these actions are a direct violation of our civil liberties. Are we going to shut off power or start docking people's pay if they cannot provide the necessary papers and identification? Well, Biden just flirted with the idea of having proof of being vaccinated, a vaccine passport, if you will, even though we were told this is conspiracy theory. Let me say it again. Asking questions about the vaccine is not conspiracy theory. Before a doctor shoves his finger up my freaking ass, I'm going to ask him the questions. Doc, is this completely necessary? One, do you have cold hands? Two, are you using some sort of lubricant? Three, would you put on some Barry Manilow and give me a back rub first? It doesn't mean I don't think that prostate cancer exists. It means I want to make sure that before he puts that finger in the holiest of holies, that it's for a good reason. If you can't separate people, and this is the media's narrative and all the politicians, if you can't separate them by race, and if you can't divide them through politics, and you can't make them terrified through fear, and fear isn't working like it used to, You can force them apart by the sick and the healthy, or more importantly, the solution and the cause. The greatest lie that will ever be told is when we start blaming each other for this horrible disease. This is the China virus. This isn't Donald Trump's fault. It's not Joe Biden's fault. It's none of the politicians' fault. All the bullshit politics in between and after that are, but not the disease itself. We are not the ones who played God with gain-of-function research. We are not the ones who defied warnings from the World Health Organization and CDC when they weren't corrupt bureaucrats looking for another percentage or two from the proverbial scrap table. We failed to listen back in 2000 and 2001 when the intelligence community briefed all three branches of government about the pending results of a virus and how it could cripple us globally. We're not the ones who let our stores of emergency response equipment to become depleted and bare. We are not the ones who continue to change the rules and make up more and more as we go along this wonderful cul-de-sac of fecal matter, a.k.a. the COVID response. After all of this gameplay and politicking, the only accurate thing we have discovered is that the scientific community is excellent at pontificating and horribly arrogant in their dogmatic principle to never be wrong. It isn't that they haven't been wrong. They've been wrong more than not. From Fauci to the CDC to the government to the media, they all have been wrong more times than Clinton visiting Epstein's sex island. But they have a get-out-of-jail-free card and collect $200 when you pass go. They fall behind the castle walls of science. That impenetrable fortress that eclipses all rational thought and inquisitiveness. And this is where they go to die. Within the simple and often used phrase, the science has changed. The science has changed. I know that data can change, that variables are a part of of certainty at times, 
that testing and retesting is not only the first law of science, but it is the only constant in a medium full of inconsistency. But the science isn't what we are referring to here. What you're trying to say is we didn't wait for the science. We failed to verify and went straight to solve. We didn't listen to the variables and pinned our hopes on the best guess that was available at the time. And let's face it, folks, this isn't science. It is literally speculative, prophetic hogwash. I understand the community wants to explain away how the science has changed, and we need to trust the untrustworthy because now they really have the answer. And we could do that, but if we did, then we would both be wrong. Good. See, I told you I'm right. I'm starting to write more. I'm starting to, you know, it's not just, woo, starting to feel it. Does anyone, t- tell me below. Tell me that was awesome. Gosh, felt good. Whatever. Rob from the poor and give to the rich. For many, it was a welcome surprise. On July 15th, cash flowed into our bank accounts of parents across the U.S., as the government rolled out the first monthly payments of the enhanced child tax credit passed on Congress by the spring, passed by Congress this spring. But as helpful as those payments are to a lot of families, they could actually create headaches for others with some people owing money to the government next year. As a result, some parents have already opted out of the monthly payments and are instead choosing to receive the entire credit next year when they file their taxes. Did you know And it's not a new child tax credit. It's the same one we've been getting. It's just being paid in advance, which means you're not going to be able to deduct it at the end of the year. So really, we're kicking the can down the road. It's robbing Peter to pay Paul, and you're left with the bill. Keep in mind, the Internal Revenue Service is making these payments based on your last tax filing. It's the government's best guess about how or what your family is due. Half of the tax credit is being paid out now in a monthly payment through December. You then claim the rest when you file taxes next year. Now, this falls into my benefit here. Reason why is that my income went down by almost $120,000. And because of that, I'll make more. And therefore, I will go ahead and be fine and not owe anything back. Thank God. But for those maybe that are making less or are under these following conditions, Caveat emptor, buyer beware. But a lot of these things can change from year to year, so let's talk about it. You may be getting more money in those monthly payments than what you are owed, and you'll be on the hook to pay some or even all of it back to the government when you file your tax returns next year. One exception to this, if you earn less than 40000 as a single filer, 50000 as head of household, or 60000 for married couples filing jointly, you won't have to repay any of the money, even if there was an overpayment. Here's how to decide what makes sense for you. Who should opt out of these monthly payments? First off, if you simply prefer to get a big tax credit in the spring, as you always have, opting out may be for you. Perhaps you always count on having the child tax credit to offset taxes owed. Or maybe you look forward to receiving a big refund every spring, which is stupid. Don't give the government your money interest-free. Sabi Montoya is in that camp. She opted out of the monthly payments after being surprised by the first one. With the large bulk amount, it's just... It just takes care of a lot more things, says Montoya, who has a 12-year-old son. She uses her tax refund to pay bills, pay for her son's classes, and celebrate his birthday, among other things. But there may be other more pressing reasons to opt out. Lysandra Everett, owner of the Everett Tax Solutions and an enrolled agent, suggests thinking ahead to what your 2021 tax return will look like. If you're expecting major changes from 2020, you might consider stopping the monthly payments now. For example... 
Your income went way up in 2021. A lot of people took a hit to their income in 2020 due to the pandemic. Maybe you stopped working for a period or you were forced to take a major salary cut. If your family's income recovered in 2021, putting you above $75,000 for single filers, $112,000 for head of household, or $150,000 for married couples filing jointly, your child tax credit begins phasing out if you're over that $150,000, which I'm not lucky, luckily. But the IRS does not yet know about this increase in income, and so the advance payments going into your bank account every month could be an overpayment. If you don't want to be in a position where you have to pay money back, then opting out is the safest thing to do. Number two, you're divorced and taking turns claiming the credit. Everett uses the example of parents she calls Mary and Bob, who are divorced and have one child. If Bob claimed the child on his 2020 tax return, he would have automatically begun getting his monthly payments on July 15th. But Bob is not going to claim the child on his 2021 tax return because it's Mary's turn. So Bob ends up owing the government all the money he got through the monthly payments and then getting a frickin' phone call from Mary saying he's a scumbag piece of shit that doesn't pay his bills and he drinks too much beer and should get his feet off the fucking couch and he needs to get a haircut and he's a hippie and a job. Maybe. Mary, meanwhile, has not been getting the monthly payments, so she will get the entire tax credit as one lump sum when she files her taxes so her and her lover that she cheated on Bob with can go to an undisclosed island, the cheating whore. For anyone, Bob and Mary out there, this has not anything to do with you. Your child is now officially an adult, number three. The 2021 child tax credit covers children from birth to 18. If your child turns 18 anytime in 2021, even on December 31st, 2021, he or she is not eligible for the credit. The IRS should have taken this into account in estimating the amount of your monthly payment, but it's best to double check because the IRS couldn't find their ass with two hands and a flashlight. If you are mistakenly getting monthly payments for that child, you'll have to pay that money back. Likewise, if you have a child who turns six this year, you may want to double check that the monthly payment you're getting for that child is correct. And the 2021 credit provides up to 300 a month for a child under six and up to 250 a month for a child ages six to 17. Is everybody with me so far? Good. I hope you're taking notes. There'll be a test later. So you decide to opt out. Out. How do you do it? The IRS has created a website for managing your monthly payments. You can go to irs.com. Simply search in monthly payments or child tax credit and it'll open up. To stop the payments, you need to create an account with the IRS. Now, here's the bureaucratic bullshit. Using a third-party app called IDMe. I've used IDMe. It verifies my DD-214 with the military to receive military discounts online. It is 100% safe. If you are uncomfortable, use a VPN, but there is absolutely no harm. IDMe is a wonderful tool. So heads up, it's not the most user-friendly of apps, though. That's the problem. It, there's a lot of ambigu- ambiguity. So please make sure you look it up online how to do it effectively. You'll need to verify your identity by scanning a government ID as well as your face and prepare to be patient. It can take a while to get approved. You can also unenroll over the phone, but that may require even more patience because sometimes the waits are anywhere from three to four hours. An important note, if you're married and filing jointly, both parents need to opt out. If only one parent unenrolls from the monthly payments, you still get half the amount deposited into your bank account. You have an opportunity every month through December to unenroll before the next payment lands. The deadline is three days before the first Thursday of every month. Good luck, and I hope that works out for you. If you have any more questions, don't fucking write me because I don't know any more than that. I've done everything I can. If you're mad, also don't write me. Call your CPA or H&R Block. Let's dial it in. Got to pop the knuckles. Bile is forming at the back of my throat. We've already said that that's not the greatest line. 
for the title, but we're going to move on once again. Stick and move, folks. 24 years old. 24 years old. When I was 24 years old, I remember I was peeing in a potted plant leaning on a fellow shipmate somewhere overseas. I wasn't mature. I wasn't aware. And most importantly, I wasn't expected to be. I was young, dumb, and full of fun. Not how the limerick goes. When I sat down to read the Simone Biles onslaught of yester morning, I knew really what I was in store for. I opened up Matt Walsh and started reading away. My first instinct was to join in on the ritualistic feeding that was Simone Biles' innocence and belief that people still cared. And then I paused. I remembered my own vow to those who are no longer fighting. The years I have put into the assistance of veterans over PTS, TBI, and mental sickness, I asked myself if I was going to send a message to my own listeners who were struggling with mental disorders like this. And then I went even deeper. I looked at my little girl and how she idolizes a black woman in gymnastics. Isn't that the real story? Not necessarily that we all must celebrate that a new CEO is a female or black, because honestly, that's contrived bullshit. But if we have our own epiphanies, aha moments that I hate so much, where we realize something and it's not forced down our throats, isn't that altruistic? Isn't that a real moment? And for me, it was. I never had black heroes. I never understood the importance. I remember my G.I. Joe toys. I would always play with the white characters. But any of the black characters didn't necessarily, I didn't relate to. So I kept them off to the side. Is that the way we're raised? Is, do we do that with people, with music, with teachers, with employees, with peers? I don't know. I think naturally the innocence of, of somebody and ignorance can cross in muddy lines from time to time. But when I reflect on myself, it wasn't until I got a little older and started listening to rap music that I really started to idolize and really reflect on my own color of my skin and how different I was from black people but only because it was ignorance. And I realized that poets and novelists and actors had so much to give to me, but I was sheltered from them simply because of other people's ignorance in my life. So here I am. I'm going to go destroy this hero in her eyes, or at least taint her opinions. My daughter, who loves Simone Biles and actually pretends to be her, because she's from Spring, Texas, and my daughter knows she'll never be a gold medalist, but she loves gymnastics anyway, and she loves Simone Biles. Why, why do I want to do this? Because it scores political points? That will get me a few likes with my listeners? I know two things unequivocally that are true. I don't know Simone Biles, and I do not know what is in her head. It could be a lack of confidence. She could indeed have the twisties, which is that thing that happens to gymnastics that when they start to tumble they can't realize what's up and what's down and some of the worst injuries in practice or in competition happen when the twisties occur now her coach said that she's never gotten the twisty she's never experienced it before because it just simply doesn't happen to her which makes her so good but could that be it sure i'm not her or she could have just quit there are two separate issues here and we are blaming simone for one and speculating on the other and she's just guilty by association. She didn't win gold this time. But is that what really bothers us? Of course not. We immediately imply that she is an entitled, spoiled brat who we expected to fail us all along, right? Actually, no. Did anyone even think that she wouldn't wipe the floor with their mutilated bodies when she was done destroying every other nation on that floor, on that vault, or wherever else she was going to compete? 
Is that really why we're upset? Or is it something more? Because honestly, the ratings say that nobody gives a shit about the Olympics. What is it? Are we blaming her because we think she hates America? Sounds like we're getting closer to the truth. Or maybe she hates white people. Or maybe she is going to talk about white privilege or dedicate her resigning her prize for BLM. Maybe she will just take a knee, but in the world of 30-second sound bites, none of that is true. Simone Biles is arrogant. She's entitled, entitled. She's childish. But she's also not the things you're making her out to be as well. Simone Biles is 24 years old. She's 4 feet 8 inches tall. She can do things in gymnastics that totally amaze me and people who know more about the sport than I do say she's the greatest gymnast of all time, at least until the next goat appears, as history has taught us over and over. I have no reason to doubt that she's the best, but she's not a demigod. She's a young woman who is great at gymnastics. On the one hand, the prevailing binary paradigm put her on a pedestal that was way too high for any human being to eclipse or achieve. On the other hand, she basked in her glory, which she was both entitled to and earned with years of extraordinary hard work and suffering, some of it inexcusable and some of it just being dedication. No one can do what Simone Biles did without all of this, plus the mindset that told her that she could defy gravity, the limits of human endurance, the strength that a tiny body could muster that would put others to shame, who would even try moves that not only seemed impossible but potentially risky enough to kill someone. Simone Biles did. And she succeeded. There is a mental component beyond her physical skills that told her she could do it. Maybe you think you're that mentally tough. I don't know if I am. I had one of the worst falls of my life that took me out of the military. I never want to fall from the altitude that she jumps from and spins from ever again. I don't think I would have the courage to do it. But she's still just a young woman and an athlete. She believed that she still had one more Olympics in her, and maybe she did, but maybe she didn't. She was willing, but as she dashed toward a vault, something in her head told her that this time, at this age, at this stage of her long gymnastics career, it wasn't going to work. What happened was in her head, and no one will ever truly know, but if it was a crack in her confidence, a split second of hesitation that made her feel that this time, this time, She wasn't going to pull it off, and she had no choice but to pull back and take a breath. This wasn't a lack of mental toughness. I have to give myself shots every single week. My wife does it for me now. But when I first got them, I had to shoot them into my leg, into my thigh. They're one-inch needles. And your first reaction is, no fucking way am I going to stab myself with this thing. But I never had a problem with it. Plunged away, and that was it. I didn't hesitate, I didn't blink, and I did it. And I was told by some people who were friends, you're the bravest person I know. I could never do that to myself. But then one day, I don't know what happened. I was on the phone with my sister for eight hours, and I could not make my hand move. I hovered the needle. I knew I need the shot. And I hovered the needle over my leg, and I would count down, and she would count down and try to help me. Eight hours, I went through this internal struggle. And I can't tell you why. Does that mean I'm not mentally tough? Now I can do it again, no problem. But for those couple of months until I got through it, it was literally impossible for me to move. She's long since proven her mental toughness beyond that of any other gymnast, but even a person with that strength will have those moments of doubt I just alluded to, 
And you can't do what Biles did when your mind goes from the certainty that you defy physics to doubt. Human minds do that. And she, for all of her greatness and astounding skill, is still just a human being. I'm not excusing what she did. It's never okay to quit. At least that's what we're told. But really, does it hurt you? Are you not going to be able to sleep tonight or are you just not going to give a fuck? Just like you don't care about LAS and you don't care about planking and you don't care about the Harlem Shake and the other 400,000 things that we do just to get a laugh and then it escapes us as fast as a fart in the wind. You won't care in a week. So why do you care now? Did she let down her team in a sense as every team is independent and relies on each member to hold up their end? But if her head precluded her from performing at the level we've come to expect of Biles, she wouldn't have performed as well as the team would have hoped anyway. It wouldn't have helped the team either. Even Simone Biles can't guarantee she'll stick the landing every time. Her withdrawal gave other team members, Olympic athletes who, like Biles, earned their place in Tokyo through the years of extraordinary hard work and dedication and the chance to shine. These aren't the fillers, but the best gymnasts in America, even if they aren't Biles, because nobody is Biles. They too deserve their moment in the sun for the years of their life given to the sport. Did we chastise Michael Phelps when he was smoking weed? No, because he still had some of the largest medal counts of any Olympic athlete ever. Someone made the comment, well, what if Tom Brady quit before the night before the Super Bowl? Well, that would probably get him shot, considering that billions was probably put on him to win. Folks, we don't know, because that's the key to this, is it's so rare and so uncommon for world-class athletes to click or to quit because we have propped them up as something beyond human, beyond emotional, that they are somehow omnipotent. And there is only one on the planet or above the planet or outside of the planet or wherever that may be who is considered to be omnipotent. And it is no mortal man. That is God. And she is not God. And she is not a goddess. She's a 24-year-old girl. And what you're doing is judging her based on her character and not what she's truly there for, which is her skill. Far too much of this angst that we have was put on Biles and her shoulders, which may well have been a part of the burden in her head that resulted in her loss of confidence. And yet, even after she did what any 24-year-old woman is entitled to do, any athlete should do when she feels that that internal doubt will prevent her from doing what she needs to do, if not potentially cause her serious physical harm, we're doing it to her again. What kind of champion withdraws at the Olympics, we ask? One who can recognize their limits and stop before they crash into the ground after running 25 to 30 miles an hour, hurling themselves at a vault that's going to put them eight feet, nine feet in the air. Biles is a champion, and she has the medals to prove it. But turning her withdrawal into a championship move is silly. It's not. Withdrawing from the team competition is an entirely understandable and reasonable decision, and, and decision, and there's nothing shameful about it. But no one gets a medal for recognizing their limits either. She quit shouldn't celebrate it but we should celebrate the fact that she knew when was enough there are stunt pilots and drivers and people who jump out of perfectly good airplanes at high altitudes who risk their lives for their sport we just had a i don't remember his name a stunt of jumping over buses and he died did he have doubt did he recognize his limits folks this happens all the time you see it people who do free diving 
who don't come back up from the water. We see it happen in NASCAR when someone tries to push an extra mile an hour going out from a turn, knowing that they're going to go into the wall. We make choices. And instead of going into the wall and seeing the accident, she stopped the accident from happening. There was predictability and plenty of pushback. We saw it. I talked about Matt Walsh, Piers Morgan. Critics on Twitter lamented that quitting is the new winning. Casting as weak and lazy, Generation Z behavior. But in social media-driven world, young elite athletes have a new power too. They have more control over their own careers and the narratives around them. And if she doesn't want to go, she doesn't have to. It's hard. Actually, no, it's impossible to imagine a more absurd criticism than to suggest Biles is some weakling, some slacker, too soft and lazy to tough it out. She already did, over and over, more than her critics could ever do. Let them dedicate themselves to accomplishment as Biles has before they get to carry her sweatsuit. And fuck them, really. What does a bunch of middle-aged men know what it's like to be a black woman who was sexually assaulted and probably on the gymnastics teams that she's actually now supporting. Who knows what she's done? Who knows what she's seen? And our baseless judgment is not on her character. It's on on our own perceptions of who she is and not actually what she represents. But this isn't some new power wrapped up in woke excuses. To Biles' credit, she isn't saying so, and others should keep their narratives off of her. This is what change looks like. Choice. Athletes have always had choice, and many have said enough and walked away when that seed of doubt, that crack in their confidence, told them it was time to stop. Biles joins a growing number of younger athletes, including her fellow Olympian, the tennis star Naomi Osaka, who are pushing against the traditional American narrative of gold at all costs, including the expense of their own mental and physical health. And I've already said, we're not Russia. We're not China. We don't kill the families of our people if they decide that they want to quit. We give them a choice. This is fucking America. And if we don't have choice and from our government and from this country, we have it from the almighty God. Free will is given to every human being, and she does not serve any master. She's not a slave. And I'm disappointed in people who are putting that connotation on her that she has to go anyway because she has to represent America and get us gold. Who gives a flying shit, really? Biles is not Osaka. Osaka didn't quit because she no longer wanted to play or win, but because she didn't care for a part of the deal she made when she turned tennis pro. She wanted to enjoy the benefits without any burden she found unpleasant. Biles withdrew when she realized she couldn't do it. Not because she didn't feel like doing it, Maybe she got scared. As for the traditional American narrative of gold at all costs, if you don't want to win, if you aren't willing to push yourself to your limits and beyond, then why be an athlete? That's the gig. That's what she signed up for. Nobody proudly fields an Olympic team of happy losers who can't compete. To suggest that the will to win is asking too much of an athlete is just idiocy. That's what being an athlete really means. Simone Biles has accomplished amazing things. And for that, she has earned and deserved vast admiration and recognition. But her withdrawal isn't a moment of glory, just as it isn't a moment of shame. Simone Biles is a human being who is great at gymnastics, but is still just a human being. There's nothing wrong with that. How about we leave her the fuck alone?
Veterans Crisis Hotline, how apropos, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It's way too many. Please, traumatic brain injury, depression, anxiety, PTS are all real. Veterans suffer from it, and everybody can suffer from it. Hell, we don't even know if Simone Biles is not suffering from it. There is help. Veteran Crisis Line. If you can't make that call, if you can't make that step, and I know what it's like, that needle hovering over your leg, pick up the phone. I will help. Just ask. Or if there's anyone trying to help, a brother, a sister, a son, daughter, loved one, grandma, grandpa, I will help make the call too. Veterans have an easier time talking to veterans. If that doesn't work, you can go to donutfriendly.com, click on the VCL link, and be connected directly. Folks, thank you so much. Mental health is so serious. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. I am telling you personally that I know what it's like to be in that hole. This young lady doesn't need your ire. She doesn't need your conjecture. She doesn't need your vitriol and your abhorrent behavior. If you can't say something nice, try shutting up. I'm pretty confident she already feels like she failed her team, she failed herself, and probably most importantly, failed her country. Maybe, just maybe, for once, we can show a little deference and compassion for somebody we don't know in a situation we've never been in, and honestly, will never even have a tenth of the talent that she possesses. It makes us pretty ignorant to think that we can understand Simone Biles any more than she could understand us. Folks, that's it for my show. Thank you so much. Please like, share, and subscribe. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful night. I will see you tomorrow. It's Red Friday. Put some red on. Remember, everyone deployed. God bless. Talk to you tomorrow.